Hot damn, what a day of logging we just had. Yeah, I sure love being a good old American man. Ain't nothing, better, ain't nothing better than pulling up my bootstraps, cinching up my harness, and cutting trees down. No, nothing better than watching a bird's nest fall down. Oh, I love watching the the, the death of, of many birds' nests. And sometimes I like to put my penis in a beehive. What the fuck is that? that that's just me. I'm proving how much of a man I am. No, obviously. no, not that. Oh, oh, you're talking about what? What? Over there, that's a fire in the sky. Jesus, Mary and Josephine. What is that? That looks like... That looks like my mama's apple pie floating in the sky right there. Well, I'm hungry. I'm super hungry. Alright, that looks like... Betty with the pacemaker by the microwave. That does look like Betty. I agree. To me, it looks like a, a big old Christmas tree light. Like a big one. Look, look, like Jesus would put up on his tree. There is Jesus. That's the second coming. There's a second coming. That's what I said to my wife last night. <laughs> Holy shit. You know what that looks like? That looks like a a, a a big lowercase t on fire that I put up in those damn neighbor's yard. <laughs> it's all right. You can use your words. I can't, I'm, I'm at a loss of words. <laughs> I'm stupefied over this big light in the sky. I, I don't even know what this is. Is this I, the Russians? I'm absolutely bamboozled. Uh, I'm guffaw. I'm horsewoggled by this. I mean, this this is like a barn burning right here. Let me get out of the truck and go look at this thing. I don't think you should do that. I'm think, gonna go look at it. What's it smell like? <laughs> what? Hey, what's it smell like? Smell like cherry. <laughs> like fresh cherry or like artificial? I like cherry lipstick. Oh, I love that. I, hey. I love when your mom puts on cherry lipstick. Don't you talk about my mom just because y'all had that relationship that one time. That is it is it the Russians? I think it's the Mexicans. Oh, them Mex them clever Mexicans. They have those semi-submersible things bringing their cocaine over to this American plane. And now we got them floating in the sky! They're telling me something. What are they saying? They're speaking some kind of alien language. It, it, are they talking about something in the future called a podcast? Yeah, they're saying the Cat Scare Podcast. What the fuck is that? Is that a mountaintop in West Virginia? I don't know. It's probably Russian. <laughs> well, what are they doing on the Cat Scare Podcast? They're watching... 1993 fire in the sky. Great pool. That was a good pool, man. Um. <laughs> well, that sounds stupid. I mean, I figured they would have said like, "We come in peace," or "We come all over your face." Aliens always make it about sex, though. He's not Campbell saying that. <laughs> I think we're done. Are we done? <laughs> Wait, they're taking Noah up into the spaceship. <laughs> He's feeling right at home. Okay, we're done. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Get scared!
Thank you for listening to the Cat Scare Podcast. I'm Campbell. I'm Michael. Why are you talking? I don't know. I thought I needed more energy to like enter the. uh, Hey, listen to the Cat Scare Podcast. I figured we could do it like this. We could do it. I'd be like, Hey guys, welcome to the Cat Scare Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right over here, we got Man Michael, my man Michael. Sup, bro? Yeah, like we're gonna look at some scary, spooky things. Alright. I can hear the dogs barking. Okay. <laughs> Alright, tonight on the Cat Scare Podcast, we're watching a very important movie. Yeah, this is a, a movie, serious movie. A movie that transcended truth and fiction. A movie called Fire in the Sky, 1993, directed by a Jewish dude. <laughs> so you know it's good. So, Fire in the Sky is a based on true story of a actual UFO alien abduction of a Mr. Trout. Supposed. Actual. UFO. Do you want me to get somebody from MUFON on the phone to tell me this? <laughs> I'm sure they're very busy at MUFON. Oh, what was the... <laughs> what was the, uh... The name of the the alien people, their organization. It's like uh, it's like it starts with an A, like AFAB or something, or AFib. Oh no, that's that's like a thing. Um, <laughs> Wait, was it actually was it actually AIDS? N- n- no, I think it was like n- I think it was a n- like NIAD or NIAM. No, it, it was something that definitely was like, it was an acronym of a real word. Oh. Well, while Michael's looking that up, I'm going to uh, rail on the fact that aliens exist. So, people, listen to me. I know that deep down you want to think that the world revolves around you. The truth is, no. The world revolves around the sun. Now, look up into the sky. What do you see? Stars. What are those stars? other suns and guess what motherfuckers there's a planet that's at least the same distance as we are from their sun that has the ability for life so think about that now Campbell you say how are there little green men gray men lizard people humanoids that are able to fly here from light years away because they've been doing it longer than we have. Remember, guys, the dinosaurs had first crack at this planet. They didn't know what an iPad was. Duh. Have you ever tried to see a T-Rex use an iPad? Never happening. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I'm just rambling on until you find out this thing. <laughs> I, can, I, well, I don't see it. I don't know okay, what it's called. Okay, well, let's just call it NADS. I, I'm actually, I'm pretty sure it was AIDS. <laughs> okay, well, well, AIDS, the aerial space... Uh, aerial infectious diseases society. <laughs> um, so, anyway, this movie was based on a true quotation marks story of six loggers in the woods logging it up. Uh, they are finished after a long day of logging. That's what I don't know what loggers actually do. I don't know if they were just th- thin and brush or. Cutting down trees or just making cut, cut trees and cut those trees into smaller. Yeah, taking painkillers or cutting trees 
everybody that cuts trees now are addicted to drugs. Just letting you know. Uh, yeah. um, I mean, you'd have to be. Look at what <laughs> Take you're doing. Take a job like that. I don't know, you fucking drug addict. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> So they would, uh, they're traveling back home after a long day of work, and one of them goes, What's that in the sky? And they see this big bright light. First they think, Who set the woods on fire? Nope. It was a flying saucer. It was an alien. Uh, aliens. And one of the fellows, Mr. Uh, Travis Walton, is very curious about what this is and, and says, I'm going to go touch it. And so, <laughs> so, I'm gonna go put it in my mouth. I'm gonna go see what it tastes like. Um, it tastes like metal um, and nuclear waste. So he goes up there, and they're like, "Get back in! Get back in!" And boom, gets knocked on his ass. And they're like, "He's dead! Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> <laughs> and so they haul ass down the mountainside, and they're like, "Wait, we can't leave our buddy Travis." Um, so they flip around, or uh, I guess a couple of them get out because they're like, I ain't going back up in that place. And they flip around and they're he's... Like, well, they're like, what's the point going back? He's dead. He's <laughs> fucking dead. It's quite obvious he is murdered. And, uh, it wasn't me that did it. Wink, wink. Um, so once they find out that he's missing, they do what any rational people would do. They go call the police. And the police, they definitely think it's aliens right away. I'm pretty certain yep. that sheriff, he got up and goes, I'm too old for this shit. Okay, so, what do you think about the movie? <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's start off. This movie, it's a little different for this podcast, because this isn't really a horror movie. No. Um, it's definitely more of a drama, character study kind of thing. A, a, a... Basically, a view and study of police profiling, and immediately thinking that aliens weren't involved, they just murdered their friend. Yeah, just uh, just about you know a group of group of friends who the town completely turns against them. Oh, did you, did you hear yourself? Yeah, it's doing, fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, the the town completely turns against them. Their families turn against them. Yeah. Because everyone thinks that they murdered their friend. Yeah, I like the scene where, like, he's upset and the wife's coming in and she's like, Y'all going back to work? I can't go to work because my friend's abducted by aliens. And she's like, We don't, none of us believe you. <laughs> Just tell us where Travis's body is. Okay, go ahead. Um, but the, the reason we're talking about this movie is because of the one scene that everyone knows this movie for. Which I didn't realize, this movie's rated PG-13. Yeah, well, um, I mean, they don't show anything. It's just very, like... But it's a very intense... It's very visceral, for sure. Um, I mean... I, I can imagine... Because, like, my parents showed me PG-13 movies before I was 13. <gasps> I know. I'm no criminal. Wonder, no wonder what's so much is wrong with you, sir. <laughs> but so I can imagine, like as a child, watching this movie and thinking, like eh, this movie's kind of boring. Nothing's really happening. You know, oh no, no, no real action uh, until the very end. 
when you get this total balls to the wall like depiction yeah. of this spaceship it's messy and gooey and scary like, yeah it almost was like a cavern you and know? like the the scene where the alien takes him and they they like operate on him they put him in this sack like suffocate him but then cut him holes to breathe and see yeah. out of it's, it's like, like it's like they put him in cheesecloth yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> I can imagine if I was a kid, that would have traumatized. Well, me. the the I, like eye horror really fucks with me. I don't like the thought of like needles and eyes. That's why, like in the Evil Dead remake, when the girl's stabbing him through the glasses with the needle, I yeah. don't care. Even though a needle probably isn't like the best attacking weapon because it's made to not hurt you as much. Still, it's poking you in the eye, and when that thing zooms in and it's get that camera shot where you see I mean, it. that that like if very, it was 3d it would, i'd be like ah! that I'm very like, ah! hard focus like yeah. if because it, it, it feels like you know like when something's really close to you and you focus on it everything is so blurry yeah yeah it, yeah that entire scene uh no this was, is fucking horrifying this but, metal yeah well yeah i mean if they were playing like some uh Leonard Skinner or something. No, no. <laughs> Leonard um, maybe some Metallica. Yeah. You know. Some Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, no, fuck you like an animal. That one. That's the only one I know. It would definitely, like, fit right in. Yeah. Except um, it's PG-13. And it would be like, I want to hug you like an animal. But that's <laughs> not that's not what this film was really about. No. You know? Most of the film is a quiet drama. Uh, about five friends who who lose their friend and cope with it and deal with the repercussions from the town, and and then that's he, it. And he shows back up and yeah, and they it's like, well, thanks, motherfucker. But for what it is, I really like this film because while nothing really happens, that opening scene of seeing the loggers like it opens with their truck going crazy. And they call the police. Um, but, like, that just feeling like they've experienced something that is going to change them forever. Yeah. Oh, well, you can was, really feel it. That was by far, like, the best part of it was, like, you get to see them as normal people, friends, before something abnormal happens. And, like, them dealing it, dealing with it mentally and, and like, emotionally. And I, I like that. And, and I have listen to many podcasts about this ex- this event i have watched recreations on sci-fi channel about this event i've seen the documentary about this um i've seen this story played out and with interviews of these actual people and to be fair i believe that they are being very truthful and their experiences now over time and i think this was everybody over time your memories shift and change and sometimes you incorporate things that may not be true. But in a way, I feel like his story has not deviated that much. It re- from, I'd, I had never... I heard of this story. Because um, I used to be big into alien stuff. But I apparently I really delved into like the more classic like 50s Roswell. Yeah, kind yeah. Of. which is, I mean, that was where it started. I mean... Yeah. You know, there there was never a case of 
saucers in the sky until, uh, like I said, the Roswell incident. And then uh, the and abductions never happened until Betty and Barney Hill. So, like, you you sit there and you wonder, has it, has it, was this made up by the media or a couple of people that were pranksters? Possibly. However, what I think happened is it caused people to look up more, to look up at the sky and see things that are abnormal and point those out more. Now now that we have literally a camera at our side at all times, you see more videos of it. You see some things that, you know, we always go, is that real, is that fake? But, like, I do believe that... Well, we have... We have government government video, video. and, and I, I think that it may not it may not necessarily be extraterrestrials. It just may be interdimensional things that find its way through something, and it shows up on Earth for a little bit, and then it goes back to where it was. That may be the case too, but there are strong. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine like it, interdimensional, so it's like it's actually another reality like a, a future version and they they like take field trips to look yeah. at it. they and like and if you look to your right you'll see uh russia yeah you see uh, russia invading ukraine um you may remember russia uh back in the day now it's the united states of ukraine uh they <laughs> took over russia it was pretty crazy um, over here is the Statue of Liberty. Uh, now it's the statue of Aardvark, um, our <laughs> supreme leader. Um, it's the statue of Paula Abdul. Yeah, she is now the supreme chancellor of the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's that's her husband, MC Scat Cat. Um, he's an animated cat. Uh <laughs> So, like, well, number one, my beliefs on interdimensional things, uh, you know my, like, thought of ghosts and things like that, right? Have I ever told you how ghosts... Okay. So, a lot of people have interesting thoughts of, like, life and death and where you go from there. My thought, and I'm about to blow your mind, my thought is that once we die, we get our soul gets shifted to the other dimension, which is a thin veil between this world and that world. And we get born by the same people, and we have the option to make the same exact choices or change them. Willpower. So, when you hear things knocking around your house, that's at nighttime. That's just me looking for a damn cup. In in the other dimension. (laughs) But if you made different choices, that you wouldn't necessarily be over here in this dimension, and so forth and so on. So that sounds horrible. <laughs> Deep down, I hope I'm wrong, and we do have like, like I have a really cool like cloud apartment in the sky. I'll probably get put next to Noisy Ice Maker <laughs> for all of eternity, but I can live with that. As long as I'm golfing with Elvis. <laughs> yes. Well, so never mind. Let let's not get too. Let's not get into. Let's the, not get religion. I'm not. <laughs> we're 
we're not getting religious here. <laughs> oh shit! Right, let's get let's get into the movie. That's what we came here for, right? That's what we came here for. Okay. Um. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read off the plot per Wikipedia. While Campbell takes a nice swig of his gas station water. In market, 100% spring water, straight out of the tap. <laughs> Alright, so our movie begins on November 5th, 1975, in Snowflake, Arizona. It doesn't snow in Arizona. Logger Travis Walton and his co-workers Mike Rogers, Alan Davis, David Whitlock, Greg Hayes, and Bobby Cogdill... What a name. What a name. Uh, head to work in the White Mountains. Driving... Wait, 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 what was the name of the mountains? They're the White Mountains? Well, I mean... Only in a Mormon I mean, town. do you think they're going to go across the railroad tracks, work at the other mountains? No, I don't think so. So you're telling me that they wouldn't, they wouldn't be caught dead cutting trees down in the Black Mountains? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Driving home from work, the loggers come across an unidentified flying object. Thank you for the sound effects. Trying to build ambiance. We need we need like some like X Files lo-fi playing in the background. That sounded like the Western one. (laughs) (laughs) Curious. Walton gets out of the truck and is struck by a bright beam of light from the object and is sent flying several feet backwards as if pushed by an unseen force. Stiff arm. Uh, Or a a wire connected to his back. Yeah. And then erased by the magical Hollywood. Fearing Walton has been killed, the others escape from the scene. Rogers decides to go back to the spot to retrieve Walton, but he is nowhere to be found. Making their way back to town to report the incident, the loggers are met with skepticism by investigator Sheriff Blake Davis and Lieutenant Frank Waters. Wait, wait, wait. You tell me aliens abducted your friend? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) They're not even near the south. But to me, they all seem southern. I feel like it would be great in, like, South Carolina if we, like, redid... We did, like, fire in the palmetto tree or something. I don't know. All right. Hearing you spit made me think if someone would dip, just, you know, go to spit in the pot. Yeah. uh, But just spit straight on someone's face. (laughs) Like, spit, and it's like that alien's like, ah. (laughs) Like, the policeman's just standing above them. Yeah. and he go he goes to spit and just you know they don't, they don't really look they just kind of look down so he just spits right on you telling me <laughs> you telling me you want me to believe this tale of alien abducting your friend is that what you're telling me where's naysaying cop do you have any strife in the family oh <laughs> uh, that that was definitely uh, the sheriff and yeah then the lieutenant was. Lieutenant was bad cop. Sheriff was good cop. Yeah. I'm gonna... You're gonna tell me where the body is now! In space! Now hold up. 
These are good guys. These, these are good are men. Good, these are good guys. These are good guys. By the way, where's the body? You can tell me. I'm your friend. I don't want you to go to jail. Come on, Mike. Mike. Come on. You expect me to believe that? <laughs> what the fuck? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I want. I want one of these people to just. You know, flat out, just me like, Mike, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> Mike, was I fucking born yesterday? You telling me that your friend Travis went up in space. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's get back to this. Alright, so Lieutenant Frank Waters, realizing that there is a great deal of tension between Dallas and Walton, and that Dallas has a criminal record, suspects foul play. A belief that quickly spreads to the rest of the town, leaving the loggers as social pariahs. After a large search party turns up, no sign of Travis. The loggers are offered the chance to take a lie detector test. Though Dallas is initially hesitant, the loggers ultimately take the test in the hopes of proving their innocence. Thought I had the burp. It would have sound- Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. I heard that. Good sound. Yeah, that's a uh, great sound. That's some chocolate chip cookies making their way through. All right. At least it didn't come out the back side. So. Though Dallas is initially hesitant, the loggers ultimately take the test in the hopes of proving their innocence. However, Waters declares that the tests were inconclusive and that they will have to return the next day to retake it. Rogers is outraged and he angrily declines, the other loggers following suit. The test administrator reveals to Waters and Davis that, with the exception of Dallas, whose test results were inconclusive, the loggers seem to be telling the truth. Yeah. I I was like, how do, how do I look in these pictures? Should I wear the lacy ones or should I wear the cotton ones? Inconclusive. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to ask them about aliens. <laughs> you see like the the needle just going crazy. <laughs> How does my dick look? <laughs> it's supposed to be yes and no question. Like, it, like it's a cop, so of course you're like afraid. I'd be like, it looks great. Be like, it looks good. It's, are you lying to me, boy? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So five days later, Rogers receives a call from someone claiming to be Walton. He is found at a Herber gas station. Got to get that product placement. Yeah. Everybody shops at Herbert's. Alive, but naked, dehydrated, and incoherent. A ufologist. No. Ufologist. (laughs) An ufologist. Seriously. An ufologist. I don't want MUFON storming your fucking house. Because you said ufologist. It's an ufologist. Okay. Okay. Ufologist. Sorry, move on. <laughs> Questions Walton, but he is thrown out and Walton is taken to a hospital. Get out of here! <laughs> Stop!
stop asking questions. So they basically like did the whole like grab him by the coat and yeah. throw him out. <laughs> like the Carl Carlton and Fresh Prince of Bel Air, you know. Yeah. Always, <laughs> no, no, it wasn't Carlton. It was uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff. They always threw him out. Anyway, yeah. Great, great show. Rogers visits Walton while in the emergency room and ends up telling Walton that he left him after he was struck by the light but came back to get him. Walton appears enraged by this and turns away from Rogers, who blames the whole incident on Walton for getting out of the truck. During a welcome home party, Walton suffers from a mental breakdown and flashback of the abduction by the extraterrestrials. Ah. In his flashback, it's the coolest scene, this whole part. In his flashback, he awakens inside a slimy cocoon Breaking out of its membrane, he finds himself in a zero-gravity environment inside a cylindrical enclosure whose walls contain other similar cocoons, and he is horrified to inadvertently discover that one contains the decomposing remains of a human body. As he makes his way to a neighboring area featuring what appear to be several humanoid spacesuits, he is apprehended by two extraterrestrial creatures... He is unwillingly hauled down corridors full of terrestrial... What the fuck is this word? Let me see it. Detritus? Detritus? Yeah, detritus. I don't know what the hell that means. A corridor full of alien stuff. Yeah, lots of aliens. Well, actually, no. Human stuff, such as shoes and keys. Yeah, and a deadly hopper and a dill bopper and a... <laughs> okay, and I didn't realize we were in the Dr. Seuss. No, uh, Little Mermaid. Remember? That's the dingle hopper. Well, that's a dingle hopper. Yeah. Um, they arrive in a bizarre examination room. Very that, unsanitary. The aliens strip him of his clothes and cover him with an elastic material that pins him to a raised platform under an array of equipment and lights in the middle of the room. Cheesecloth. Despite Walton's terrified screams, the aliens pitilessly subject him to an experiment in which a gelatinous substance is shoved into his mouth. His jaw is clamped open, a device is inserted into his neck, and he is forced to endure an ocular probe while fully conscious during the experience. Well, at least it wasn't butt stuff. <laughs> Can you imagine how people would react to the story like differently if he came back and instead of like them, you know, torturing, like poking something in his eye, they're just like, it did butt stuff to me. <laughs> Have you ever seen a grappling hook? (laughs) It went in like this and went whoop! (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't speak for days! It was like they shoved a whisk in there. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid butt stuff. (laughs) Afterwards, Walton loses consciousness and is. until finding himself back on Earth, disoriented and severely traumatized. While interviewing Walton, Lieutenant Waters expresses his doubts about the abduction, dismissing it as merely a hoax. He notes Walton's newfound celebrity... Well, he, he notes 
they worded this weird. Yeah. He notes Walton's newfound celebrity status because of the tabloids' attempts to profit from his tale. Yeah, like Weekly World News. Yeah, believing that he had faked the abduction to become a celebrity. However, with the investigation closed, Waters is forced to abandon his pursuit and leaves town. Two years later, Walton vis- visits Rogers, now a recluse, and the two reconcile. The closing titles inform that in 1993, Walton, Rogers, and Dallas were resubmitted to additional polygraph examinations, which they passed. Corab. They proved they were innocent. Yeah, man. Why they gotta put hard words? They know I can't read. They know I don't read. I went to University of South Carolina. They must put these big words to keep middle schoolers from just copying Wikipedia. Yeah, they'd be like, um, Terrence. <laughs> Terrence. You know you don't know this word. Oh, man, the choreographed it. it. That's what they did. <laughs> Sorry. So, Sorry, Terrence. So this movie... Is a movie. Made by a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna guess, cancel. <laughs> I feel like if I just don't mention, like, COVID vaccines, I'm good, right? No, we got World War Three on the horizons. You can't just start, like, I'm talking... For the, if it wasn't for the Jewish people... I would not have the best entertainment. Like, they are great. Like, I love all Jewish comedians. Love them. they got a great sense of humor. So, of course, they're going to understand my sense of humor. <laughs> okay? I didn't I didn't call the guy... I called the guy Terrence, not Ezekiel. <laughs> okay. So, um... I like this movie to an extent. Once again, I have issues with older movies, even though this is 93, you know, the same year Jurassic Park came out. Well, this is certainly not a a Spielberg production. Yeah, yeah, it's a Lieberman. Was that his name? Lieberman? Uh, Yes, Robert Lieberman. Uh, Bob Lieberman joint. And, um, you know, I mean... If I if I didn't already find the true quotation mark story behind it fascinating as fuck, like I probably would have never seen this movie. Like, oh, it was a uh, Bill Pope was the cinematographer. Who's Bill Pope? Did um Army of Darkness. Oh, hmm. well that would explain some of those crazy alien camera stuff. I mean the floating in the ship thing was pretty cool for 1993. And, like, didn't they go up into some kind of, like, didn't he go up into, like, a alien air duct or something like that? Didn't they, like, chase him up, the, like, a hole in the ceiling? Am I yeah, they, that? well, he, he entered, like, because he was in that zero gravity yeah. kind of court, like, corridor thing where it had all these sacks that yeah, other human bodies were in. I mean, like. I guess my ideas of, like, alien life would be not like that. Now, granted, I was never abducted. Um, so I don't know what a UFO would look like, but I just figured it'd be more like 
sterile. You you imagine more like chrome. Everything's chrome. Chrome or holographs or like, you know. Like, I would like to think that when you get into the middle of a spaceship, like the small saucers, you get in there and like this light ball just forms right there and you grab it. And then the whole, sur- it's all open. Like, it looks like you're just looking at the sky. And then you're just controlling it that way. Flying around. That's just what I think. Now, did I think that aliens have, like, caverns in their ships? I don't know. Maybe they just make that... Maybe that's part of the hologram. I don't know. Well, I've always really liked when alien depictions kind of leave the more, like, human side. Because it's like, a lot of times when we... We imagine aliens and other creatures, we still give them like human characteristics because oh. we just can't think of anything but ourselves. Oh, no. we're just so, so selfish. Well, I mean, because like, like, uh, like Pandora, yeah, uh, Avatar, yeah, that's a whole alien planet. Why are they just like Native Americans? But blue. <laughs> well, I, I have a feeling that, like, James Cameron, like, went to a tribal land and took some, like, ayahuasca while he was doing it and then watched the Smurfs and it blended together. That's just what I think happened. Um, uh, so, having this spaceship that, like, I couldn't see many like obviously they're very humanoid looking mm-hmm. um they look like old they, men they have i mean yeah they they have two eyes they have four limbs um so it's all it's all basic kind of stuff but the their way of living was entirely different like none of it made sense no it does i mean well obviously they're aliens i mean they, they exactly have, yeah they live in i don't know i mean they probably have six penises so and I think the fact that this film for like a whole hour and ten minutes, you know, we're just grounded on Earth with five guys who are saying, I didn't kill my friend. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. And then suddenly we get this completely out of the world depiction uh, of oh. inside the alien spaceship. And it's like, it just completely throws you for a loop now um i was watching the show called paranormal witness on sci-fi channel once and they had the they had all of them talking Mm -hmm. all the guys from the the abduction they had them talking about it and when they went to travis's um story what he recalled there's a, a cool thing that wasn't in the movie or maybe it maybe i just blocked it out and i didn't i was playing Super Mario Odyssey too much. Um, But, like, when he gets away from them, he goes through this door. And when he gets in there, there's, like, a car. Like, an American car. And two Americans come up to them and they're like, Oh, hey, hey. he's like, help me, help me. And they're like, we'll help you, we'll help you. And then he woke up on planet Earth. And so I thought that was a cool story part of that, how they can literally just change and morph and change the surroundings. And I think that, uh, unfortunately, that didn't get 
depicted too much in this movie? Or did that happen in the movie? Am I Well, watching? in the movie, they actually don't go into, like... Like, I mean, he wakes up in his little pod thing. Yeah. Uh, breaks out of there. It was super disgusting Gross. looking. Yeah. Um, he floats around for a little bit because zero gravity. Doesn't Ooh, know what to do. Yeah. But, oh. Uh, oh, zero gravity. Makes his way up and through a place and then almost immediately gets apprehended by the aliens. Then gets who then yeah, do do the experiment, but the, you don't get to see like the implication of what happens is kind of what makes that scene so. Oh scary. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not. You don't see any of the gore. It's just very like. Which I mean, they did have the gore of that one body. Yeah, that was like decomposed. Yeah. Like half of him was gone. Yeah, uh, that was very cool looking, yeah. but. You know, you never see like a needle go in his eye, but you know what's about to happen. Oh yeah, and I think, but it, it cuts to when he wakes up in the office, so you never know like how he actually got off the ship. Yeah, but that in in his story, that's how it was. He ran into humans, and then he, he woke up on the road and ran to the payphone. <laughs> he ran. He ran into humans on there, and it was like, oh shoot! Here, take my. Bugatti. It's like uh, he he runs in and goes, "Oh God, thank you, humans!" And they're like, "Oh, dude, you were in the alien side. We're so sorry. We didn't mean for you to do that. We were trying to bring you over here, but things got crossed." <laughs> uh, <laughs> do they do anything to you? They're really weird. They keep like laughing about stuff. It's like we just put them in cheesecloth and put a monocle on them. <laughs> I think that's what made it creepy, too, was the suffocation. You know, like, the sucking down of that material on their face and then them using that to cut it open. And just having, like, his mouth and his one eye out. Mm-hmm. I think that alone. Well, and then that, that goo that they yeah, put in a, his mouth. There's, like, whatever. I mean, they they just slathered it on. You know, they, they didn't, like, carefully put it in. Like, yeah, they like, didn't put it on a spoon and, like, ice cream. <laughs> I would have loved them, like, like, hold on, we're going to give you some good space ice cream. It, it looked like they took a thing of, like... Petroleum jelly. Car, or or coke, car yeah. oil. Like, I, like, uh, car, like, car oil, not straight out of the bottle, like, from your car after it's been used. Yeah, or... or Take um, that and just... What, um... You know, like grease gun, like like yeah. lubrication grease, like, and and like, uh, for some reason, when I was looking at these aliens, and and yeah, for ninety three, practical puppetry, it was good to an extent, but like, I was expecting them to be like, mm, needle your eye now. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine how stupid mm. this movie yeah. would have sounded if the aliens started talking and Travis was like I'm not scared you will be <laughs> why is your alien a mixture of Yoda and Scooby Doo good one Yoda <laughs> Rook Rook Skywalker <laughs> oh shit well, you know what? Leia would be... Leia would be Daphne or, or Velma. I don't know. A combination of both. Han Solo's for sure Fred. Ascot and all. Okay. Mm. 
I love Scooby Doo. And Luke would be Shaggy. Yeah, I'd be like, come on, R2 D2. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I love how in Star Wars, like, all the robots are just like, beep, boop, 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 and it's like, yeah, I do understand the Empire's politics, but. <laughs> well, I just, I love R2-D2 scream. Wow! <laughs> anyway, let's get back Campbell, to Campbell, insert R2-D2 scream here. <laughs> Campbell, don't insert that. It may be copyrighted. You're right. George Lucas will be, like, flying down on a UFO. <laughs> Wow, let that hair. Well, like, one hand over his heart, the other hand with, like, three fingers up. Wait a minute. No, that, that's like a... That's some that's biblical Hunger thing. Hunger Games. No, no, no. <laughs> Whatever that was. I, I think that... That's something This biblical. is the shocker. <laughs> this is Hunger Games. This is Hunger Games. <laughs> this is two in the pink, yeah. one in the stink. I flip it. Um... <laughs> This is Live Long and Prosper. This is the rocket ship. This is a gun. <laughs> Rock. Bomb. This is this is probably not the best conversation for an auditory medium. Okay. So I'll narrate it this time. I'm putting up my fist. This is for fisting. <laughs> Better? <laughs> this is like I just imagine you like holding your your hand up and you're you're talking to your your lady and you're like let me know when to stop and you so you like keep yeah you keep bringing uh, or actually no you have like yeah you would go one finger is that good oh two three four five the whole hand crumpled up. <laughs> I mean, if you did five out like this, I think that'd be worse than this. Well, well, that's the grapple hook. Is that a grapple? Yeah, yes, it goes. <laughs> out of my butt. And the fact that you put it on your... I can't believe people can actually do that, by the way. That's just wild to me. Back to the movie. <laughs> Speaking of probing. <laughs> um, so, like... We all know the T-1000s in this movie. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. 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 Which I thought, I've only ever known him as a T-1000. As that. So, yeah. I mean, just an emotionless, cold. Yeah. He's actually not bad. And, he like, he, that was a hell of a performance. Yeah, he, really, he acted the shit out of that. Yeah. I mean. Now, I wish, like, everybody gave that effort. Yeah. Peter Berg uh, is in it, too. He's the one with the glasses. He's He's a director more so now. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he did the first two episodes of The Leftovers, which is my favorite TV show. Um, so, Berg. But Berg started out as an actor, then became a director. Um, I feel like right? that's how most people, like... No. Uh, well, eh. I feel like that's how a lot of people that I, I know, like, you think of, like, um, like Tom Hanks. He's, he's big into directing now. True, George Clooney. Yeah, um, I mean a lot of the young BJ Novak, a lot of the young horror directors like Ty West and stuff. They they act in their own movies and the other guys' movies, you know. Um, so yeah, I guess you're right. But they are just directors. I mean, you don't see Ari Aster. 
if doing you, Hamlet, you know, if you direct, if you act in a movie you directed, do you get paid more? I think so. You probably get some, but I mean, like, what happens if you produce, direct, and star in it, and write it? Then you're getting a lot of checks. Well, then you're probably not making that much money. Probably your movie, not. Your movie's going straight to Nickelodeon. Yeah. When you direct yourself, do you, like, run behind the camera and go, All right, all right, Campbell, now I need you to act sad. I need you to act sad. And I'm like, all right, director, I will. I will act sad. Thank you, director Campbell. All right. Let me run back. No, no, no. Right. They actually, like, look at themselves in the mirror, and they're, they're just like, Come on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> starts yeah. like slapping himself. You know you're a better actor than that and a director. I I just I would be I like, only use real tears. <laughs> just remember the saddest thing in your life, Campbell. I don't know what that is because I'm not you. I'm the director, Campbell. Alright. And actually <gasps> Okay. <laughs> director, the director Campbell's like Well the saddest thing ever in my life was your performance just yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> you act like you were out of breath. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm on this crane shot. I need a, I need a harness. All right, ready and action. Whoosh, uh, okay. All right. Uh, damn you, aliens! <laughs> and cut. Check the gate. We're out. And that's acting, people. There's a whole lot of, like, visual stuff in this podcast. People people are going to be laying in their beds at night, playing with themselves, and they're going to oh. be... Well, wait, never mind, never mind. I don't want to add on to that. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be, like, picturing all of this. Is this the best part of podcasting? No, so... Sometimes we will put on some lo-fi music whenever we're going to sleep. Just something. Which is like this. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't talked about this movie a lot, but go ahead. (laughs) Um, But whenever we're listening to that, we don't have Spotify Premium. Oh, so you'd be like, listen to this commercial for the next 30 seconds well, no, of the worst, we're, we're listening to this to go to sleep. They play the Scream commercial. Oh, yeah. And so we just hear like, <laughs> a bunch of screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and we're sitting Pay for your music. <laughs> we're sitting there's back. artists. Uh, I know Spotify doesn't pay much. But like, there's artists that have to feed their children. I think Spotify actually pays more than Apple Music. I don't know. I think Apple Music probably pays more. I don't think so. Should I call up Apple? Steve Jobs Corpse? Are you there? <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to return your turtleneck when I'm <laughs> done with it. You promised me a turtleneck. <laughs> um, well, no. I don't think Spotify, I think Spotify pays Joe Rogan too much. Now he's gone. I think, right? Didn't they get rid of him? They should. He sucks. Something something happened. I stopped. I was keeping up with it for a while, and then I just stopped. Well, that's just like everything. I go, I'll flip through something, you know, have news, and then I'll immediately go, ha, and then I'll say it to somebody. They'll give me their opinion back, and that's about it. And I'm done after that. 
I don't need to know anything else. So, like, it could be already done, and I'll just assume it's... Like, it, it may not even happen. Joe Rogan may still be doing it on Spotify only. And I'm just like, nah, they fired him. That's what I would do. If I'm on Spotify. I don't know what happened. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, the, Cat Scare is the only podcast you need to listen to. Yeah. Joe Rogan has nothing on Cat Scare. Mm-hmm. It's quite obvious. So. I mean, other way, than people, uh, production value... Money, um, money, celebrity guests, ad um, revenue, charm, um, looks. I don't know about looks. I think you and I get him beat, bud. If you combine both of us, if we, yeah, I mean, put them, put them both together. Yeah, it, I and, mean, and we would be twice the man he is. The way I see it is, yeah. If you were a woman, if you had to choose between the cat scare and the Joe Rogan special or whatever the fuck it's called. You're only getting one dude when you're going to get double teamed by us. See? Double you got, you got one of us in each ear. Except we don't have the, the stereo option on, no. on our microphone. <laughs> yeah, you're doing that, but nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. It is actually, okay? Um, so, this movie for 1993 I thought was pretty good. I'm not going to say it's my favorite Alien movie. I thought uh, uh, Arrival was better than this. Um, have you ever seen that? Charlie yeah. Sheen? It's yeah. good. Char- Wait, Charlie Sheen? What the f- Yeah. That is not Charlie Sheen. Is Arrival not? No, that's a fucking Hawkeye. No. All right, you talk. It, it's, it's the guy that plays Hawkeye. I can't remember his name. And the lady from something... I actually can't remember what she's in either. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like Arrival had Charlie Sheen in it. Nope. In a goatee and it didn't look like him. Nope. <laughs> We're going to find out. Right to catscarepodcast at gmail if you know Charlie Sheen was ever in an alien movie. <laughs> he, may be in, he may be in some alien movie, but not Arrival. I think you're thinking of something else. But are, It doesn't matter. I, I won't say this is my favorite alien film, because... Obviously, I think Alien. Well, well, Aliens is my favorite. We're going on the theory that those movies aren't actually alien movies. Those are just science fiction movies about aliens. (laughs) But they're not our aliens. Well, I know what I mean. That is the kind of thing that does elevate this movie is the fact that this is a. You know, a, a kind of based on true story, yeah. but it it's done in such a uh, uh, TV soap opera way. No, it's done in such a like a mature way. It is as compared to you know things like the Conjuring series. You know, that's based on a true story. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, but those don't feel they don't like they're they're real at all this no. feels like like it's almost like a, a docu-series yeah well i think just because of the amount of attention and coverage that this particular abduction alien story has gotten there's obviously they had to stick a little bit closer to the facts unlike the conjuring which was a willy-nilly with everything that they pick and choose and all right. All goes to the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, all ghosts are dressed up like juggalos and, and look like old people and vomit in your mouth. Um, that's what that's true. Why do all ghosts look old? I guess because they're dead. Well, they're all old or they're children. Where's, where's the middle-aged ghost? Where's, like, the millennial ghosts? Yeah. That are, like... Boo. <laughs> they're like, Sorry, they're I'm like, checking my Instagram. You hear this like tapping, and you're like, "What, what is like, that?" And it's the the ghost like typing on their phone. Hey, listen, lights on, lights off. I've got an app. <laughs> it's Bluetooth. It's Bluetooth haunting app. <laughs> <laughs> They should make those, though. <laughs> like, that would be pretty cool if you could, like... Well, I guess smart smart plugs and outlets would be that. Imagine... Okay, great, great comedy horror movie idea. You've got the this, like, smart house uh, where, like, you know, they, they've got everything. they they got the clap-on lights, all that kind of stuff. And so all this, like, weird stuff's going on, seemingly paranormal... But it's actually just some guy who's hacked into their, their like, house system and it's just fucking with all their stuff. Michael. That's fucking brilliant. We need to write this movie now. <laughs> like, why haven't we done this? Why haven't somebody done this? That's so smart. <laughs> we gotta do that. I always thought, so, I've always wanted to write a, a ghost horror movie comedy where some... These two roommates, okay, they one's like the normal straight lace one, and one's like the partier dude. And one day, the straight lace guy comes back from work, and partier dude's dead from like a cocaine overdose with two chicks beside him. Okay, so they go to the funeral, all that kind of stuff, and and like he's playing video games on the couch, and he pauses it. Or, like, he turns it off, and he's like, all right, I'll save that and play that later, and he goes back to work. When he comes back, the video game's been played. And he's like, motherfucker, who advanced the story? (laughs) And so he starts seeing, like, he's watching the Netflix show, and it's like, I didn't watch these three episodes! And so what it is is his buddy has come back to chill with him dead. Then he'd be like, Bringing people over and he's like, check this out. Hey, yo, Brian, give me a beer. It just comes over and... <laughs> and so, in the end, he becomes a super famous ghost guy. Okay? But he overdoses on cocaine as a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so it just keeps repeating itself. Anyway, that was my idea. I, I feel like... Ghost if, bros. If you had, like... Uh, if Casper as a ghost could like grow up uh, as <laughs> a like ghost, a so this is like his his late teenage years. <laughs> Go to my room. The wall. <laughs> Great ideas. I do like your smart home idea, and I think we need to make it. That'd be something we could easily do. We could do it ourselves. Because we have smart home stuff. Well, no, we we just fake it. We just like tape an iPad. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you saying we all this movie stuff isn't real? Yeah, it's not. Like they don't just like take a spaceship down and 
filming it. What the fuck? There's a set. What's the point then? This isn't real. Based on a true story. <laughs> so, Fire in the Sky for 1993. It's all right. It's a it's a good drama. Yeah, um, if you're if you're in for a uh, like a like a sleep filled night, yeah, definitely watch it. Uh, well, I mean that that end that ending. The past couple films that we've watched, because uh, as I as I always say, I watch my films with my wife, uh, Shauna, and we, you know, she's my view into a non horror fan's uh, opinion of these movies, and that ending freaked her out. I, I mean, I don't think it freaked me out. I mean, it's cool because it's very, once again, visceral. And and if you put yourself in that shoe, in those shoes, I mean, of course that's horrifying. But I've seen so much horrifying stuff. I guess it just didn't phase me that way. Well, I think for me, it's just the acting of the guy uh, that played Travis Walton. Yeah, he did, did great. Yeah, I mean. I fully believe that he was absolutely terrified. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I, and then, like, put... Yes, uh, uh, well, I feel like a lot of horror, the horror that, like, really gets me is the stuff where if I put myself in their shoes. Yeah. Um, that's what's actually scary rather than just what's on the screen. I, I think more, like, introspective horror gets me or, like, mental, like horror you know something that's like it's hard to fathom i don't know that stuff but like i guess i've seen so much stuff on the same abduction that i've kind of seen that scene over and over again well but i think if you go if you do anything you should just watch that scene on youtube and then actually like get deep into the true story because it's very fascinating um i think the movie like I said, T-1000 did a great job. Robert Patrick Robert Patrick did a great job. Um, I thought the acting was fantastic. It's just, it didn't hold my interest up until the alien stuff. It is very slow. It held my interest. Um, and I, I don't typically like dramas that much because a lot of times they are... For some reason, dramas love to be like two and a half hours oh long. yeah and it's like you've already got a slow movie and you take that long <laughs> i mean like, they, they're just like let's put some wine with this cheese they're just trying to hold that sad chord out a little bit longer you know but this movie was only it, it was less than 90 minutes yeah it was very sure. short i was surprised at that how abruptly it ended <laughs> i was like whoa yeah um, it's very short uh so it doesn't overstay its welcome um and I mean, I don't know, th- just the acting. Yeah. It, from the main cast, um, like T1000, or yeah, the, what, Robert Patrick, is Robert, that his name? Robert Patrick, yes. His performance uh, was fantastic. I'm surprised I haven't really heard about this movie. Well, he, you know, he it. was in um, the HBO um, Max show the peacemaker he plays peacemaker's dad and he was actually very surprising in that too hmm. um so uh, i i have to say bravo to a guy who honestly 
I only had in my mind T1000 the second I saw him. Um, but like, would I recommend this to a horror fan? Probably not, simply because it's not a traditional horror movie. It it has horror aspects, and the very beginning is awesome, and the end is awesome. However, if you love true horror, you probably won't be as entertained by the horror aspect, but it is a good movie. So, how about you? Would you recommend I'd say probably the same as you. Probably yeah. not your your average horror fan, but it is an interesting story. A great uh, story. The probing scene is fantastic. If anything, just watch that on YouTube. Yeah, in the very beginning where they're uh, panicking it, it, and It driving. really does almost... It's almost like a, a small, short film thing where, you know, it, yeah. he wakes up and gets probed. Yeah. So there's not much depth to it, but... It's just very cool effects. Very for like I said for '93. Even though I know Jurassic Park came out, a lot of people didn't have that technology that Spielberg had, and um, so to be able to do that with practical effects and, and the it really held up. Like the zero gravity stuff held up. It, you didn't see any strings. You didn't. You felt like it was real. Um, I thought it was really well made, and that scene alone. And obviously, if the guy from The Evil Dead. Um, you know, was the cinematographer. There's a reason why that probably looked that good. So, Michael, what are we going to do next week? Well, after seeing that probing scene... He just wants I want, more. I want more. I want more. Um, and so, whenever I would see people talking about that probing scene online, they all kept mentioning how it was like Jacob's Ladder. Not shoots and ladders. No. Jacob's no. ladder. Yeah, just just Jacob. Okay. Cool. I've I've never seen this film. I don't I, think I have either. I've always wanted to watch it though. But I also hear that this was the the dawn of the um Elevated horror. Elevated horror. Elevator horror is which our favorite. Yeah. The movie Devil, the movie Elevator. All favorites. <laughs> oh, I'm just so waiting for one to be on like a um, escalator. Escalator. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, there needs to be a horror movie on an escalator. It's an endless escalator, and you keep passing by the most embarrassing right, right. moments of your life. I'm, new, new horror movie idea: uh, a haunted shopping mall. Smart shopping mall. <laughs> and your best friend is a ghost who's a dick. You, so it's a shopping mall that's like kind of automated with an AI uh, and the AI goes rogue, you know, like down with capitalism or something. You mean Chopping Mall, the movie they've already made? <laughs> shopping Mall? No, it's a real movie. Is that really? Yeah. Very similar to what you're talking about. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. What? For, for fuck, yeah. In the 80s, it's real shitty. All right, so after Jacob's Ladder, we know. Hey, you know what? It may be worth a watch. I've heard <laughs> heard nothing but horrible but good things about it. Um, so, yeah, Jacob's Ladder. I'm going out on a limb thinking it's directed by Wes Craven. <laughs> I don't know why, as soon as you said Jacob's Ladder, that like popped in my head. And then for some reason, I want to think it's a Stephen King thing, but that was People Under the Stairs, not Jacob's Ladder. Even though stairs are like ladders for homes. Well, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> but 
hey, we went over, we got a whole two weeks out of Aliens. I was happy with that. That was good. We, we've we've done so much ghosty stuff and demons. It's nice to do something different. Yeah. So, uh, for the Cat Scare Podcast, I'm Campbell. I'm Michael. And good night, and don't get probe butt stuff. Or eyeball stuff. I, I, or or I, grease in your mouth. I, I think I'd rather have butt stuff than eyeball stuff. What are you doing after this? <laughs>